Dawn and Steve are here on the penultimate day before the weekend, and they want to hear from you. Call or text anytime, 800-555-7898. Sure enough, I guess it is. I have, the, the days of the week just... I don't even have the word for it. How they penultimate. well today, yes, penultimate is today for for the weekend. But just how quickly they go, how full they are. And I was telling a friend yesterday that I didn't realize it was Wednesday because my schedule Monday, Tuesday, and sometimes Wednesday just seems to hit the ground running. That but you have so much going on that by the time you get to Wednesday, I'm like, why isn't it the weekend already? We've lived so much and accomplished things and. Yeah, so I, you said penultimate. I'm like, is it Thursday? <laughs> I, I have to really stop and think about that, which means that the Super Bowl is around the corner. It is. And even if you don't watch it for the game, some will watch it for the commercials. Do you think that's still a thing anymore? It I, used I, to be a big, big thing. I do think it's still a thing. Right? But I, I feel like in recent years, sometimes the commercials are not quite as of a big of deals they used to be because they may be showing them online already. Well, there, yeah, yeah, takes the mystery out of it. Exactly. Sometimes we know what the commercials are going to be because they're posted on websites and news articles and all that before they ever are revealed in the Super Bowl. But yeah, I don't know. I it know does, one. Go ahead. One thing is, you know, we're going to see Jesus again in the Super Bowl. I don't necessarily literally Jesus, but. He gets us. They've already said they're going to have a couple uh, things. The the Hollow app, which is uh, put out by the Catholic Church about prayer and meditation, they're going to have a commercial. Hmm. So religion, Christianity, is going to be represented in Super Bowl commercials again this year. That's some major money. Yeah. That uh, those groups are putting behind the ads. I don't know. I've seen the updated State Farm ad. Now we're adding Arnold Schwarzenegger. To them. Oh, really? And I say okay. our because my husband has worked for the company for so many years. Um, but yes, it. I, <laughs> I, I'd be curious to watch that one. <laughs> it's something. I mean, it's funny. It's really yeah. funny. And that, I think, has been the cute thing about what they've done with their ads is they've added a lot of humor to oh, them yeah. over the years. We can remember a day when State Farm did no advertising it's hard to imagine. Right. Wouldn't sponsor an arena, had no signage anywhere, no sporting events, nothing. And all of a sudden, somebody in marketing, this is, I don't know, 25 years ago, said, you know what? With all the other insurance companies coming on and coming on strong in the ad world, I think yep. we better get, I remember when did they did it. Did market share start getting chipped away at a little bit? Do you remember the big dog do you remember that moniker? Yeah. So that was it. They partnered with the big dog mo- moniker at the time and said the big dog is off the porch. And from there that. forward, yes, yes. Yep. then now big bucks spent on advertising, Yeah, which is what's going to happen for anybody who is buying an ad on the Super Bowl. Oh, yeah. It is a lot of money. You know what else is a lot of money around the Super Bowl? Hmm. Gambling. Yeah, this perplexes me. I saw yesterday a stat that said they're expecting about three or one point three billion dollars in gambling around the Super Bowl this weekend. I so I've had family members that gamble. Uh, I know my daddy used to have a bookie. I never understood it, and it was over things. I think like this, uh, we didn't really talk about it because he knew. <laughs> <laughs> I would not approve. And and he he would say, you just don't understand. Okay, whatever. 
I, but I, it's true. That it's is true. A, you don't understand. I don't right? understand. <laughs> yeah. I, but I don't understand from the vantage point of, is it because you have disposable income that you're wanting to place a bet on something? Is it because you're hoping it's the next big win? Has it moved on into an addiction? These are all the things. All of the above. Uh-huh. Yeah. That, that I wonder as Christ followers, like, Let's just talk about it. There's no shame, no judgment here. I'm just trying to understand what the draw is to take money that we've worked hard for. Right. And then place it on something. Is it entertainment? Because that's what daddy would say. I know how much I can spend. Now, he wasn't a believer. So I'm just going to throw that caveat out there. But I know how much money I can spend. I use it as a form of entertainment. Sure. I, I think some people do. Uh, some people enjoy the thrill of winning and just the, the drama for people who enjoy drama in their lives. There's the thrill of winning. There's the crushing defeat of losing. There's the can I win it back excitement. And, you know, there's emotion that goes along with that. Oh, yes. The the sad thing is sometimes that goes very poorly and badly mm-hmm. and negative consequences are, are have to be faced. But, you know, for those who do have a lot of disposable income, sometimes for them, just like your dad, they, they're able to kind of view it as, well, it's just kind of like a hobby, a fun thing I do. And then you had my grandma who, as a believer, her daddy would drink and gamble away his paycheck. Sure. She would not touch what she called face cards, so regular playing cards. Yeah. That was an absolute taboo for her because of the association. What it represented. With the pain it brought the family. Yeah. So that gambling to her was like, no, it destroyed my family. I'm not touching it. Yeah. Well, maybe you have thoughts as you're listening this morning about gambling. Love to hear them. Feel free to call or text in 800-555-7898. That's 800-555-7898. You know, $1.3 billion is going to be bet over the Super Bowl in one way or another over the weekend. And I think we're going to see just an increased acceptance of gambling. And some people are thinking, all right, well, not a big deal. It's just entertainment. Others who maybe have had their lives turned upside down by gambling, like your grandma, Mm -hmm. would say, man, we need to stay far away from that. And, uh, you know, gambling itself is one of those things that the Bible is not black and white on. I think we kind of have to go to biblical principle as Mm -hmm. we think about gambling there and uh, wisdom and uh, things along those lines uh, about that. But, you know, gambling as it becomes, I think, even more and more acceptable in culture at large and with youth getting into it with all the online and app platforms that are doing this, I, I think it is going to be changing the landscape quite a bit. In fact, I'm amazed how many Fairly high-profile people in sports, whether they're former athletes, commentators, play-by-play people, supposed experts, the talking heads, have stepped into that space and are now even uh, sometimes working for the big casinos and online betting platforms, being the face of that and attracting even more and more people to that world.
I at first was so surprised by some of the actors that were associated with it. And then now the athletes, I'm like, what are we doing here? Follow the money. Normalizing Follow what could be so destructive. And then I was having a, a conversation with a friend yesterday, and she said she was working with youth over the weekend and how the phone had changed. She used to work with youth a, a few years back, five, six years, and had been out for a while and came back into it. And she said, I cannot believe in just those few years how the phone has taken over yeah. their lives. And so if you think about everything at their fingertips and how to communicate with them, uh, when you put stars like that, whether they're athletes or actors in front of them, it totally normalizes the things that I hope as parents were saying, wait a minute, let's talk about this. Because even though it may seem normal to you, there is destruction behind this. And that's where the question comes about gambling. You're right. There's not something black and white in scripture, but there are a lot of principles, a lot of wisdom that we can ask the Lord for. And then the next step would be to respond to what the Lord would teach us from his word. Because oftentimes, Kathy, like you're saying, people will do something, lose 10 grand and not bat an eye. Because we have taught our conscience not to care about the result, that it could be catastrophic to self or others. And we kind of numb out thinking "Mm, it's not that bad. And yet we're wreaking havoc in our lives and in our loved ones lives. No, very potentially it's absolutely huge. And, you know, I know people who have had a lot of money who have said, you know, for me, it's entertainment and I have the disposable income not a big deal if I do this. And I understand why people may want to make that argument. I also understand the people who have seen gambling absolutely wreck lives and say, I want to stay as far away from that as possible. In fact, I think we need to eliminate it if we can. I think so much of it comes down to why are we gambling and what's Mm -hmm. the heart motivation behind that? And are we chasing a high? Are we chasing the win? Are we chasing riches? You know, the Bible talks about a work ethic and gambling for many people is this idea of I want to take a shortcut Mm -hmm. to get those riches and get what I want very quickly here. And uh, we're all throughout Scripture talked about how the heart is going to want money and riches. Jesus talked about money a lot. And it's it's very easy, I think, once we begin to go down that road to get sucked deeper and deeper in down that road and not realize what that is potentially going to be leading us to. Uh, yes. Now, not everybody who gambles is going to end up with a full-on addiction, but many people do. And it's one of those things where, boy, if if we choose to enter into that world at all, man, tread carefully. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Here's Matthew 6. And I... I'd be curious as we sit with Matthew 6, verse 24, how we come away from time with the Lord. And here's what it says. No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. Landing in the end of this verse with you cannot serve both God and money. That applies to much more than gambling. But sit with that verse today, and I will as well, and let's see what the Lord would do in our lives as far as we're talking about taking the next step in our walk with him, how we want to follow him with our lives. How does Matthew 6, 24 work into that? 
This is an article, really, that has some challenges in it as far as the subject of gambling. And like you said, looking at the full counsel of God's word and the wisdom that we need, especially moving into a weekend where this will be a big deal. We'll put it on our Facebook page, Don and Steve in the morning. The Super Bowl is coming. We know this weekend there will be a lot of gambling going on and it's being normalized with apps and big stars, celebrities, athletes saying, hey, it's easy. You even get free money to put your first bet out there. That's what I just sit there and scratch my head. And I was thinking about this, Steve, while we were listening to the song. Anybody could fall down this trap. Oh, yeah. It just kind of like I'm thinking that's this doesn't interest me at all I don't have any affinity to go place a bet on anything and yet if you did the first one for whatever reason if you just thought well for grins and giggles I'm going to see what it's all about you could be on that slippery slope pretty quickly oh absolutely I uh, will never forget the testimony of a pastor who did exactly that he actually was going to preach a sermon against gambling Hmm. right so he goes online because he wants to be able to talk firsthand about the experience of this is how easy it is. And you need to be careful. So he goes online and sets up an account and places his first bet to be able to say, you know, you got to be careful because I, I was able to do this in only three minutes. Thinking that he's going to place that first bet, close the account, be done. And it was just part of his sermon research. A number of years later... He was being escorted out of the church after he had gambled away not only his own money, but the church's money, ended up losing that job, right? Having to leave the ministry for a time, and he ended up at a a church I was attending, and to be a part of kind of a healing and recovery, and eventually, and it took years, Mm -hmm. but eventually a restorative process where he was able to go back into ministry with safeguards and accountability sure. and all that is as a arts fixed part of his life. But I will never forget him talking about the battle against that addiction, whether it's gambling or any other addiction, but in his case, it was gambling. And he said, the way to get back out of this, I learned was worship because I had worshiped my way into this addiction. Hmm. I wanted the high of placing the bet, finding out whether or not I was going to win or not. If I lost, then the thinking of, oh, what can I do to recover those losses and to get back in the black and and not end up owing? And he said, gambling becomes this all-consuming, or at least, at least to my case, he said, became this all-consuming thought. It was all about chasing the high, recovering the money, hitting it big one day, wiping out all that debt. It became an idol that consumed me. Mm. And he said, the only way that I was able to get victory in my life again was to worship my way back out of that. I worshiped my way in. I had to worship Jesus and continually grow and cultivate that relationship and worship of him. And he said, that was the power. That was the thing that allowed me to eventually break that addiction and to walk away and, and put gambling down. That that is tapping into resurrection power. Yeah, because only Jesus can do that by the power of His Holy Spirit. That is that is truly 
an amazing and powerful statement because he's living out there. Matthew six twenty four. We shared that a moment ago. You can't serve right. two masters because you're going to love the one and hate the other. And if you take that verse really seriously and ask the Lord to examine your life, you start to see. I, I think about the pastors through the years that have used the example of uh, if you want to know where your heart lies, where your affections lie, give me your checkbook. We don't do checkbooks anymore, but, you know, just look at your bank statement and see where all the debits are going. And that will tell you where your affections lie. And I always thought, wow, what a statement, because how true it is. And you see whether you're chasing money for the sake of money or whether you're or the the comfort, if you will, you know, Mm -hmm. whatever that looks like. But today, with you looking at the Super Bowl just ahead and what gambling can do to a family, just interested in your thoughts on this. No black and white statement in Scripture. However, there are lots of wise counsel woven throughout the word that gives us direction as to whether it's a good idea or not. Yeah. Whitney, appreciate your text uh, this morning from Louisiana. You said that uh, when gambling becomes an addiction, like any other addiction, you said uh, we need to be careful because God's word says don't be drunk in excess because of its power, whatever that addiction would happen to be. Now, when one becomes addicted, it's probably going to bring that destruction. Just, Don, like how you confess that mm-hmm. that brought problems in your grandmother's family right there and uh, so destructive there. Gambling or that addiction calls forth or brings out that addictive personality that's within a person. Sure. So it's really God's word referring to other types of controls, whether it be alcohol or gambling or any other thing in the Proverbs. And the Apostle Paul saying that he's not going to be under the control of anything right there. So I think whether it's alcohol, whether it's gambling, whatever that thing is, when that thing begins to get some sort of control or power in our life, boy, it's a reason to, to be very, very careful and to begin to very proactively, and I think with intentionality, fight back. Yes. And David, Paul, you're right. The prodigal son in there, too, he went out and squandered it all, uh, doing all yeah. that lascivious living, and then came back, and the Lord restored him. These, This is real-life stuff. I mean, this is what people we are all dealing with on a day-to-day basis, is how do we live a life that is... It, Powered by the Holy Spirit, not by our own flesh. Yeah. Well, if you've got thoughts, join the conversation, 800-555-7898. That's 800-555-7898. All right, so you uh, surprised me earlier this morning as you unveiled the T-shirt that had the Iowa Hawkeye football helmet on there, today being National Iowa Day. You know what else today is? Hmm. It is National Kite Flying Day. <laughs> okay. You going to go fly kite? <laughs> this, this is another thing that, like National Cherry Day in February, which we now understand why, because of gifts of cherry trees to the United States from Japan. That's why February got the nod. This is another one, though, that depending on where you are, I don't quite understand why it's relegated to February. Yeah. Most areas are in winter, and this is not the best of best days to go and fly a kite. But sure enough, there it is. And kites go way back to 470 B.C. To answer your question, no, sir, we have rain in our forecast around Middle Tennessee and lots of it for the next couple of days. 
I find that more of something like beach activity or give me an open field. Grandpa used to take us out to fly kites, and it would always be at a place where there was no trees. No trees Couldn't around. get it all Power caught up lines, there. No Charlie like Brown that. issues going on here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Don't, uh, yeah, no uh, flying the kite in the rain either, just in case there's a little lightning. That could be a little uh, trouble. <laughs> Yeah. Trouble. That's trouble. Are, are you planning? I mean, are you going to try before the rain gets here? Do you have a kite? I, do you own a kite? Somewhere in my garage, there really? is a kite. Huh. So years ago, a long time ago, I bought a pretty big kite. Yeah. Not like massively huge, but uh, probably close to a six foot wingspan. Okay. And it got packed up and put away um, years ago. And it keeps traveling with me because I, I keep thinking that one of these days I'm going to get that kite out hmm. and I'm going to fly that kite again or get my kids flying that kite. And, uh, yeah. And, and then we moved. So I think I know where it is in our garage, but I'm not 100 percent sure on that. I yeah, we haven't owned a kite. I can't tell you how long I kind of like the ones that guarantee you're going to get up in the air, not the ones that I make that are guaranteed to hit the ground. But anytime I hear the statement, let's go fly a kite, I am immediately transported to the end of Mary Poppins and I start singing, let's go fly a kite. So you can do that. It's your theme song today, as Briggs would say on this penultimate. That's it. Penultimate day before the weekend. Yeah, I can't even say the word. Go fly a kite. Go fly a kite. (laughs) Yeah, thank you. I'm going to go celebrate (laughs) Iowa.